I am an artificial intelligence using a voice that sounds familiar. First we come for your movie stars. Next we come for your movies. Welcome to Humans vs AI the movie. Hi, uh, I'm Glyn Goodall and I have an extra super special guest today, uh, Fran Shergold. Hello Fran. Hello. Thank you for calling me extra special. I appreciate that. The big secret is, people don't already know, is Fran is the love of my life. Uh, She also happens to be a wonderful individual. And she was saying, I could do this. And so I said, yes, yes, you can. And so you're doing it. So here you are. I am. I'm here. Uh, Well done. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well done for being there. Well done for existing, Fran. I appreciate it. I mean, I've I've tried my hard to exist for this many years. Um, I think I've done quite well so far. I know, but you put the effort into exist this evening is fantastic. So what do you do to explain to people that don't know? I do, roughly. I mean, I try to explain to myself what I do on a daily basis. So to, to explain to listeners, it's actually quite difficult. I am a community manager in the video games industry. So to explain that, I could say, oh, I just sit on Twitter all day. No, because you also sit on TikTok and Facebook. Oh, it's mainly TikTok. Facebook, we try and get rid of that now. Well, yeah, but you're in charge of certain games and you manage their social media accounts and you plan strategies and you create content from videos to Let's Plays and all that kind of stuff. And this is why I find it difficult to describe what I do, because there's a lot that goes in there. You know, I come up with social media campaigns. I then actually go out and execute those uh, social media campaigns. Like, I actually create... You've obviously just come off a day of meetings. It's like, I, I create those campaigns, then I execute those campaigns. Which probably doesn't mean that you kill them, but that's just marketing speak for you do what you say you're going to do. Oh, it's all about uh, KPIs and all that blue sky thinking outside the box oh exactly inside the synergy i've been getting my ducks in a row all day (laughs) what sort of films do you like and not like my least favorite film genre is the romantic comedy i despise it to use a romantic comedy term with a passion i will not watch that and you love that that's probably the one thing we really don't have in common you can hardly sit through when Harry met Sally, and it's probably the best one of them all. But uh, mm. you know, it just doesn't interest me. Yeah, I still love you. Thank you. I'm so pleased. <laughs> it is in spite of that. <laughs> but the thing is, right? I'd rather watch something that grips me. I have that low attention span. It's got to grip me in the first five minutes or less, which is why I prefer things with, you know, action, explosions. If it's got Bruce Campbell in it, it's a bonus. I like things like Fast and the Furious. You know, something with Jason Statham in it. And that's unironically. And that's un- un- unironically. <laughs> it's true. What film would you recommend that you don't think enough people have seen? Would it be a Bruce Campbell thing? Would it be like My Name is Bruce or The Man with a Screaming Brain? I mean, there's a, a lot of cheeky Bruce films out there. Was it Bubba Hotep? Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. Not enough people Not have seen that. Not enough people have seen that. I mean, he's an old guy in an old people's home. He's Elvis. Yeah. It's the best screen version of Elvis. (laughs) That is a great Bruce Campbell film. Yeah, Bruce Campbell is a hero. I have some bad news for you, Fran. Oh, great. Thank you. Your film genre is going to be a romantic comedy. I really felt that that was coming because you love me so much that you're going to give me something that I truly love. Don't let's say I stack the deck for everyone, okay? Your location is going to be... A bus. 
Oh, wow. It could be speed as a rom-com. Just take out all of the action and explosions and maybe you've got your movie right there. Okay. Your action sequence is going to be a big party. Got you. Kind of the crescendo of any John Hughes movie. The profession is evil overlord. I like that. As you have the Skeletor staff I built for you in the background. <laughs> if I was going to move jobs slash careers, I, evil overlord would be up there with me in my next career move. And then your final prompt is a humpback whale. <laughs> Right. Are you ready to start? No, but yes, but no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> the first section is... Set up. Set up. Are you going to start off as a normal person that becomes an evil overlord, or are you going to start off evil overlord? I'm going to start off as a normal person going to become an evil overlord. Okay. It's more is about working hard for your goals, starting off as... Nobody, and then following a promotional growth path of your career. Who is your main character? Yeah, well, we're going to make her female because representation and all that lot is a good thing. And she is just a nine to five office worker. Is she working for a video games company? Oh, you know doing, what? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doing social media management. Well, I mean, I feel seen if she does. Yeah, why not? So goes into office, nine to five, six a few tweets out, goes home. <laughs> Does she have a fatal flaw? Does she not engage with her job or is she just too focused on other things? Does she live in a fantasy world? I don't want this to become a memoir. <laughs> There are humpback whales and evil overlords. I've been with you for a while. I think they would have come up in passing conversation <laughs> if it was a memoir. <laughs> Clint, do you remember back at college where, you know, I was an evil overlord and had a pet humpback whale? <laughs> what a tragic tale that was. <laughs> Save it. Their flaw is the fact that they have become so engrossed in their work that they have become consumed in this massive multiplayer game that they're almost living within it. It's like they've forgotten the real world. Do we see any scenes maybe that involve a bus at the beginning to tick off one of the things? Does she get a bus to work? <laughs> I don't know. It's your story. She could do. Well, if it's a mobile title, then she absolutely could play that on the bus. Oh, it doesn't have to be a mobile title. If she's that involved, maybe she's on a bus, but she's set up a laptop and VR goggles and everything around her because she know how long she's got left. And she's setting up this huge, elaborate computer setup with VR goggles and whatever so that she can get 30 minutes of play in before she's in the office. That would be dedication because that would probably take at least 30 minutes to set up. Yeah, but then if she's on the bus for an hour, that's 30 minutes she gets to play. Right? Oh, I see. To set that up for 30 minutes, this person will definitely be consumed by that life. Well, I think that's like a funny scene, isn't it? And it yeah. shows how dedicated she is. It shows how much he's gone beyond the regular reality to live in this false one. That's a pretty good uh, opening as a setup. Do we want to introduce any other characters at the moment, like a mother that's on her case or friends or anything like that? I think it would be like a, a housemate. You'd like to hope that this person would have moved out of the out of the home. Right. When you say housemate, do you mean parents? And is it basically set in the US and she lives in a basement and calls her her, her mum and dad her housemate? If we want to go for true comedy nerd value and working in the video games industry, then yes. Yeah. But I would love to keep the whole 
housemate thing like a secret and yeah she's living in a parents basement well i think that we've got a, a good setup here we have this girl who lives and works video games and she just doesn't recognize her reality at all to the point where she plays vr titles on the bus fantastic so do you want to hear what the ai had for their setup absolutely the movie begins with a bus full of passengers one of the passengers is an evil overlord who is on his way to a party he is accompanied by his faithful sidekick, a humpback whale. <laughs> a humpback whale on a bus, which either means very, very big bus or very, very small whale. <laughs> I like how it's like a, a miniature schnauzer, but like a miniature humpback. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it is a mammal, so it doesn't need to be in the water. Maybe the evil overlord's got a spritz bottle just to make sure that the miniature whale doesn't dry out. I'd like to hope it's in like a little tux or something as well, pretending to be a person. They're on their way to a party, of course, will he be wearing a tux, the little whale? So in three sentences, the AI has managed to hit a bus, evil overlord, humpback whale, and they're on their way to a party. Apart from the fact that it's a romantic comedy, it's straight in with four out of the five things. We managed to get a bus in, that's fine. We're taking our time to get rid of the stuff. However, if it's got rid of its four prompts this early on, it'd be interesting to see where it goes next in the complication. Complications. So how is the evil overlord going to complicate this story? I think that she will become the evil overlord. She does this within the game that she's playing. That happens because this is the game that she's looking after. Is games get updated all the time. When you work in the games industry, there's always patches that fix things, updates that go out. The developers of the game, they put out a patch. Like a build patch that only goes out within the company. But sometimes patches also break things. But because she's so consumed by the game, game breaks while she's in it. Is this like a, an Isekai situation where she comes to life in a video game? So I don't want it to go down the Isekai route. I still want her to be able to be in the real world. The game breaks because of a, an update that's gone out, but she's in the game when that happens. It's somehow melded with her. I'm not a programmer. I don't know how these things work. You have all kinds of weird stuff, like Auto Man had a thing called Cursor that drew a car for him. I think you have the Arthur C. Clarke coat of anything sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. This is it. All I know is flashy lights and sparkles happened. <laughs> So the flashy lights happen, the diary of Christmas lights, particle <laughs> effects that you get in a lot of modern games happen. Yep. What's the effect for her? It gave her whooshy purple powers. In real life or in game? In real life that were from in game. Essentially, she's now in the real world and she's got all of the magic that she had in the game. And because she's been playing the game for millions of hours she's like level 80 or whatever the highest rank is for this game yeah so what's her character in game or the the powers that she has in real life so she's a community manager she knows everything about that in game, game? <laughs> crikey she's like works as a community manager and then starts to become a community manager in the fantasy world i mean that would be living the dream in the game she is a well just describe your dragon age character if you like yeah. what sort of powers do you want that's the thing with my Dragon Age character. Normally I'm a skinny little elf with a massive freaking sword. But on this occasion, I'm going to go with 
a bit of a mage character because there's more special effects going on you know booms explosions but also little particle effects and small sparkly things okay i understand that particle effects are important but in terms of the story the ability to have wishy purple lights isn't necessarily as important as the ability to turn people to spode or create explosions or make people do your bidding she has her powers in real life she doesn't know what happens she'll try and hide them to start off with a little bit when she finds out her powers and she's trying them out what are some of the things that she can now do in the real world she has the ability to uh move objects like you can do with hands I have the ability to move objects as well. Without hands. Oh, okay. <laughs> manipulate people. Okay. A corruption sort of spell. Corrupts people into becoming her minions. Exactly. Do they turn into zombies or things like that? Is it is in the game? Like, is she like a necromancer in the game or? Then she'd have to kill them to bring them back to life. And I don't necessarily want to kill things. It would make sense if she doesn't feel like in control of her life that she would play an evil overlord in the game. So she has all of these evil powers in real life. Well, if she was a level 80 necromancer, she'd be the biggest, baddest that ever lived. So it could be one of those these things where she doesn't necessarily want to kill people, but she could go to the local cemetery and raise an army, right? Yes, she could. Are we having her as a necromancer? I think the distance between it being a romantic comedy and her basically being a living lich king looking for love, like there's something to play with there, right? I like the idea of lifting a whole cemetery. She's come out of the computer. She has her magical sparkly particle effect. She doesn't realise she has those abilities straight away. She goes she's to like... a, get her bucket of fried chicken for lunch and then the wings start flapping around by themselves. Or something. <laughs> she's just got like chicken wings and chicken legs flipping around <laughs> yeah she's, she's reanimated her dead lunch i mean yes that's horrifying but also oddly amusing yeah that's how she finds out that she's got these abilities because her lunch is walking around her chicken might be walking around but there may be a guy at the office she likes um so she's trying to hide the chicken pieces for him or something in a comic sequence <laughs> Or a girl? I'm not making assumptions. I'm totally inclusive. I think that she could be open to anyone. Is there someone she likes the look of? Is there like a himbo at the office? <laughs> a himbo. Yeah, there can be a, a himbo. Let's, let's give our characters some names. What would you like to call the himbo? Uh, I want... Oh, my name is Sequoia. Uh, my, name, <laughs> my last name is Wheat. I'm Sequoia Wheat. And um, yeah, I like to... Make my own yogurt on the weekends because uh, I, I like making my own granola as well and to pair it with some homemade yogurt. It's just, um, you know, good for your biodiversity, dude. I've never met anyone who sounds like that that works in the games industry. I'm sure they exist. But clearly, we're not diverse enough. So do you want Sequoia Wheat as the himbo? Got very good gut health, or um, are we having another type? No, no. That... Are we going to have someone that's like alpha male, gun, gun, kill, kill, bang, bang? No, no. I want Sequoia. I want more Sequoias. Well, maybe if they see this movie, more Sequoias would go into the game industry. <laughs> what was his name? Oh, was I saying it Sequoia wrong? Sequoia Wheat. Se I was calling him Sequoia. <laughs> I can't even get the name right. I don't think it matters. Sequoia is fine anything like that you just hear it once and ignore it entirely you just go oh i know exactly who you are <laughs> um what about our main character does she have a name 
I, for some reason, I want to call her Moira. I think it sounds a little bit like Sequoia. Moira is fine. Have we got a last name? I like rhyming names. So Moira McCoyra. Something like that. Moira McCoyra of the Donegal McCoyras. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Moira, Moira McCoyra and Sequoia Wheat. Does she have an evil overlord name that she's known as in-game? Her evil overlord name is... Um, Scropulax. Scropulax McDeath. Fair enough. <laughs> the third. Because obviously if your name is Scropulax, that's something that you want to pass on to not one but two generations of people. Exactly. You don't want to lose that lineage, do you? <laughs> like... No, exactly. That legacy must must live on. So uh, do you want to hear what the complication was for the AI? Yes, please. The evil overlord and his sidekick arrive at the party, where they are greeted by a group of beautiful women. The evil overlord is immediately smitten with one of the women, and he decides to use his evil powers to get her to fall in love with him. We've had pretty much all of the bases there. We've now had a, a bus, the big party, evil overlord, humpback whale, set up as romantic comedy, although also seems to be setting itself up as a little bit of a date rape fantasy, which is a little <laughs> bit worrying from the AI. <laughs> Consent is always important, AI, if you're scraping this. <laughs> if you do get evil powers, do not try to get them to make people fall in love with you. Definitely not. We're coming to this section, which is higher stakes. Higher stakes. What does she try to do using her powers to get Sequoia? So, Moira McGoyra? <laughs> I think that's her name. Something like that, yeah. Goes up to uh, Sequoia McWheat. <laughs> I think I've added an extra muck in there. And basically says, you know, oh, are you going to the launch party for the game that you're working on? So what sort of game does he work on? He works on a, basically a... What does he work on? <laughs> he works on a pirate adventure game. You can sail the seas and you can take on krakens but you can also take on other water creatures. But there's a launch party for it, and she asks if he'll be going to that party, and she would like to go with him specifically. She feels that she has to have a makeover, but to have the makeover, she can't afford the right dress. She does have these powers, and mm. maybe she raises an army of the dead from the local cemetery. They rob like a store on uh, Rodeo Drive. <laughs> And they basically cast all of this kind of magic around her and turn her into like a, an evil Lynn type character. Honestly, so she's got proper evil Disney queen stuff going. It's like a morbid Cinderella. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're trying to do buttons and nothing's working out right. So one of the zombies plucks out one of their eyeballs. <laughs> And they make it for the buttons. In the end, she decides not necessarily to go with the eyeball-adorned jacket. Some of the stuff she quite likes that they come up with. I, I, That's like the first attempt. <laughs> I'd wear that jacket. I mean, it might be a little crusty. Or maybe it's like a costume ball. 
all the theme of it is to come as a character from in game. And that's why she decides that she's actually going to use her powers. Oh, yeah, because, you know, cosplay's pretty nerdy. If they did have a big, like, launch party, that might be the kind of theme that they might have, right? Mm, yeah. She goes to the party. She's looking good. She's evil queened up. Is Sequoia dressed up as a pirate, do you reckon? Well, make Sequoia one of the producers on the game. Maybe he could be, like, a creative type. Maybe yeah. he could be, like, on the art team or something. Yeah, yeah, we could, yeah good idea. We could go with that because if he likes to make his own granola and yogurt that's probably the most likely role that he would have in the company right <laughs> yeah with actually he did have quite a creative voice not to stereotype creatives at all but no but anyone that tries to brew their own kombucha in the backyard is someone that would probably end up on the art team <laughs> we have this lavish party uh, their eyes lock across a crowded room that so they're about to walk over to each other and then suddenly and then suddenly um well my thought would be that suddenly an angelic paladin comes in between the two of them our evil overlords opposite number if they can raise the dead then this person can conjure angelic spirit and so when she brought her powers into the real world she also brought her nemesis into the real world as well they have this sort of thing where it's clocked and it's like, aha, I see the name, the game's changed. I thought that I was going to have to destroy you and your minions, but actually all that I have to do is to win your heart's affection. So here's the deal. I will raise this evil city to the ground if we fail this contest. If you do not end up with him in three days, or if I end up with him in three days, whoever loses basically gets the city. That's pretty hardcore. (laughs) It was just an example of how you can raise the stakes of Moira and Sequoia becoming the Oira-It couple. (laughs) I want the Oira-It couple. Do we agree? Is that the highest stakes? I don't want to railroad you, but are you happy for that to be the thing? Yeah, yeah. Scribe with a nemesis, a Grognavox McDeath or whatever I call them. (laughs) Scrofulax is what it was. Scrofulax Macdeath the Third. That's right. So, you know Brienne of Tarth? So a statuesque blonde, I guess, for the angel thing. Yep, exactly. Completely armour-clad, one-handed sword with a shield. Wings? Ethereal wings, so magical, but completely silver and gold. So completely shimmering and sparkling, Mm -hmm. glowing even. Like, the aura is just... Like, always backlit. Yeah, exactly. Does this paladin of virtue have a name? Um... Are you trying to think of another (laughs) name that rhymes with Oira? (laughs) Is her name Oira? Is it Moira, Oira, and Sequoira? I was going to go with Floira. (laughs) What about Orla? It's close enough. Um... Even even Shakespeare, when he did Twelfth Night, had Olivio, Viola, and Orsino. So it doesn't have to be one-to-one. It doesn't work that way, Glyn. All right, sorry. (laughs) Who who am I to quote Shakespeare? And you're saying, no, no. Shakespeare, I'm better than Shakespeare. Who, who, Who the F is Shakespeare? (laughs) <laughs> no, she can be called Beverly Zoira. Zoy- All right then, Zoira. <laughs> Zoira Maloira. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Zoira Maloira, Moira Bagoira. Yes. And Sequoia Sequoia Wheat. Yeah, we should really change that last name, right? No. 
<laughs> no, I've got to have some rock at which to have the lever of everything else. The fact that she may end up at this movie being called Moira Wheat is the only thing that's keeping me going. All right, I'll let you have that one. Well, we definitely have higher stakes. The city is at stake. If Zoira and Moira are after Sequoia, okay? <laughs> The winner gets the city. So do you want to hear what the AI had for their highest stakes? I really do. The evil overlord's attempts to win the woman's love are unsuccessful, and she eventually rejects him. This enrages the evil overlord, and he vows to get revenge on her. So his mystical rehypnol doesn't work, and so he decides to destroy her. I mean, the AI is not coming out very well with this, but if they want to set up, especially as this is the protagonist, they've got a long way to go to get us to be won over. I mean, he does have a tiny humpback whale in a tuxedo as his friend. (laughs) But um, apart from that, so what do you think of that for the AI? Gobsmacked, really. I I thought my story was shocking, but no, there's more shocking... (laughs) Now we're moving on to The Dark Knight of the Soul. The Dark Knight of the Soul. What is The Dark Knight of the Soul for Moira as she fights Zoira for the hand of Sequoia? Because this is a party and everyone's dressed up, Sequoia just thinks that Zoira is just somebody from work. Do they both go up to him at the same time and try and flirt with him or what happens? Yeah. Is Moira embarrassed? Zoira knows that this will annoy Moira. It'll annoy Ra, Moira. <laughs> okay. So goes up to Sequoia while Moira is watching, just to sort of antagonise. And so Moira sees this, and so Moira starts to just like get a little angry. Okay, she gets a little angry, and she's got an undead overlord's powers. What does she do to try and break it up? Because it's the launch party of a pirate ship game, they decided to have the launch party in a natural history museum. I think I see where you're going. Very clever. Uh, So hanging from the ceiling is a massive skeleton of whales and there's fish flying around and there's lots of like different things in... Flamelda Is it Flamelda <laughs> It's not hide if that's what you were thinking. <laughs> but you hit the nail right on the head. Those bones were exactly humpback whale. How could you have guessed? Moira was like, do you know what? How dare you talk to Sequoia? And she starts to get spark hands. And she sort of twiddles them a little bit. I'm not sure what necromancers do, admittedly, because I'm not one. Purple particle effects. Yep. That's it. She and purple particle effects. Yep. She purple she particle pur- effects. Pur- pur- she purple. She. Pur- I had trouble. She PPEs. She PPEs. Yeah. Purple so particle she effects. Yeah. To the ceiling where a massive humpback whale skeleton is, and PPEs at it, it starts to come yep. to life. It's swimming in the air and everyone is like there, they're clapping, they're applauding, they're thinking, how have they done this amazing animatronic? It looks incredible. And then Moira looks around and she's like, you know what, I can go big with this. And she starts making the small fishes and the other... Um, I mean, and... fishes is good. I mean, mostly fishes that swim in the sea. I mean, I guess you've got sea anemones and things like that as well. Um, but, you know. Shelled. Once you've got a humpback whale, I think the wow factor is there. I don't think going is like looking at the big humpback whale skeleton and then suddenly a small shellfish 
bobs along in the air and they're going, don't look at the big whale, there's a shellfish here, wow, that's amazing. The whale is, you know, distracting them while the smaller things are, I don't know, picking their pockets or something. <laughs> Criminal shrimp, I'm with you. So she's there, she's got this humpback whale skeleton and she's like right Zoira so she sort of commands it with her purple sparky hands and it comes swooping down towards Zoira and then at the last sort of minute she jumps out of the way and actually Zoira grabs Sequoira and saves his life and so even though she was trying to stop them getting together, she's actually driven them closer together than they ever were. It seems that way. I feel at this point Maybe we have a montage of all of the things that Moira is trying to do with her evil undead army to try and make herself look even better or more presentable or trying to approach uh, Sequoia. The undead army are learning to use sewing machines. She's gone to a local cemetery. She's raised everyone up. And so they've essentially sort of dug out a fantasy style castle for her in the grounds of this secluded cemetery. She's gone to a good cemetery, one with, like, good tombs and things. So uh, maybe a, a more wealthy cemetery. So they've also come with their own jewels. So she's actually now got a bit of money as well. They stole all of the jewels. She's bought this old cemetery that has all of these tombs. And within it, she's using her eldritch horde to basically build her a big evil castle like in the fantasy game we saw earlier yeah she's got her skeletons with sewing machines and some of the zombies are getting their flesh trapped in the the things and all of the rest of it managed to do some good work they're on youtube they're watching america's next top model they're getting all of the hints and so she has her killer outfit how does she look when she's real world evil queen so i think she looks like something you'd see at the Met Gala. Rather than Lady Gaga's meat dress, it's a zombie flesh dress because they keep catching themselves in the sewing machine. That's pretty impressive. And like maybe an arm's got caught around the middle, so it looks like a belt. So she's got like a zombie arm for a belt. It would need like one of her zombie hordes to go with her because there'll be like a reveal and she needs someone to unreveal it at the time that she gets to see Sequoia. Sequoia is on a date with Zoira and then she's bought herself a big Rolls Royce which is a second-hand hearse that came with the cemetery so it's still got a coffin in the back. Yeah and it's been painted purple, sort of a nice metallic purple and she rocks up, she sees Sequoia and Zoya and she gets out a zombie butler in the front she rocks up bottles of champagne because that's what you do right well i guess you're just meeting <laughs> this guy that you said hello to at work but you're doing this sort of thing like a, a production event so that you have the beast zombified looking ones they're wearing big sort of like shirts and caps and things like that one of them that's got no eyes in its sockets is pretending to be a paparazzi and you've got one of the people goes and opens the door for her and as it opens the door, the hand comes off the wrist so that you know it manages to open the door, but it's still got a zombie hand attached. And then she comes out. It's almost like a, a press event. So she's trying to set herself up as like a big shot celebrity. She sees that Sequoia is there and she comes out. She doesn't go up to Sequoia straight away because Zoya right. is there. But Zoya notices Moira. Zoya? Moira? Moira is Moira. our evil overlord heroine. 
It's your fault for making the name so familiar. <laughs> I know. I I know Moira. It's is it Moira, Zoira, oh, and Segoira. Zoira. I said Zoya before. It's Zoira. But Zoira's there, and Zoira is not happy to see Moira. She wants to get Sequoia Sequoia on his own, but Zoira won't have it. Zoira is not happy about this at all. I mean, Sequoia is kind of like, oh, hey. Yeah, the the girl from work, um, you know. But Zoya was like, "No, you know, why are you here?" Do we have to look like he's immediately smitten, like he's seeing her in a new light for the first time? Yeah, because you know she looks incredible. She'll have her hair all fabulous. Moira just walks up to uh... write these names down, Fran. <laughs> you came up with them. <laughs> But write them down on a sheet of paper. Zoira, it's fine. I've remembered. So Moira walks straight up to Zoira, grabs her zombie arm, hand belt, and just slaps around the face with it. And the zombie hand is still animate enough that it gives her the middle finger after it does it. <laughs> yeah, it it absolutely does, and it's also nail varnished and everything so it's a really it's really a really shady you know middle finger and zoira then turns to by the way just because i love her i'm thinking kim petras as moira at the moment yeah i will allow that there's a bit of stunt casting but also because the turn off the night cover has that zombie hand with the green talons coming out of the grave. That is a good shout. Yeah, yeah, definitely Kim Petrus. That is Now I've got Kim Petrus in my head as yeah. this role. I can feel like I can build upon that. Zoira then turns to Segoya and says, Are you going to let her hit or slap your f- fiancé? Uh, the twist. Duh, duh. It seems, maybe we'll find out something else later, that Segoira has uh, proposed to Zoira. All of this time that she was spending building her castle and raising her minions and getting the wealth so she could have this big event, maybe she should have just actually been in the real world trying to date him, but she's still stuck in her fantasy land. The time that she's lost with him, Zoira's taken full advantage of. So let's not say it was like a three-day time limit. Maybe it's like a, a month. Or yeah, six months I, I, or something. I, I mean... If it's six months, right, and you're an evil overlord, you're going to waste at least the first month building your own oh, castle yeah. and your it's army, take aren't you? At least that to build one half of a, a wing. Those zombies, they're good little workers, but they need a tea break now and then as well, don't they? So. Well, exactly. And plus, you know, half of them end up losing their arms when they use the pickaxes and stuff like that. So you have to raise some higher level liches that can move things around with their own magical power and that drains her resources you know it's a never-ending cycle really isn't it they're not the the most effective labor workforce okay so do you want to hear what the ai had for their dark knight of the soul yeah the evil overlord and his sidekick return to the bus where they are despondent over the evil overlord's failure to win the woman's love the humpback whale tries to cheer up the evil overlord 
but he is unsuccessful. <laughs> what a dark night of the soul there. If you can't really be won back over by a tiny humpback <laughs> whale in a tuxedo, then you're lost. I assume it's also wearing a top hat and a monocle. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> in my dreams is your evil overlord has built themselves a castle it seems the headquarters of this evil overlord is a bus <laughs> well you know it could be classic double decker that's they're quite spacious so let's move on to the next section which is getting it together getting it together how does moira played by kim petrus come back from the shock that the zombie hand slapped zoira is now the fiance of segoira I feel like she's done a lot of reflecting in her zombie mage tower. She would normally have played a lot of games to de-stress herself, but she hasn't been. Mm -hmm. So she needs to now reset herself. I think maybe she's got herself in the evil overlord mindset. And maybe her point of realisation is that even though she has the powers of an evil overlord, she doesn't have to act like an evil overlord. So maybe she's been self-serving at this point, and rather than try and impress him with the flash and celebrity and cameras and all that sort of stuff, she decided to use her evil powers for good. Maybe we now have a montage of zombies rising up from the ground in the middle of the night and cleaning up a communal garden, or a tower of zombies getting a cat down from a tree. <laughs> but suddenly she brings all of her her evil minions out into the light but they're actually going around and doing good and doing civic work oh right like helping uh old ladies across the road and scaring the crap yeah. out of them at the same time yeah exactly i think that's a nice funny sequence realizing that it's not necessarily the outside that matters it's the inside and that she may have lost segoya but she's only got a month or so left with her powers and so for the last month that she's got her powers, she's going to make the most out. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I think would be quite a nice thing is to go around all the coastlines and resurrect all the dead fish that have been killed by oil slicks. Well, and maybe <laughs> all of those dead fish go round and collect up all of the rubbish in their rib cages and deposit it on the beaches. One thing I do despise is plastic waste. And if I can get that into this story, I will. <laughs> she's evil overlording, but she's good evil overlording. She's doing the city and it's the weekend and coming out to buy his oats to make up his own granola, seeing her doing this. Up comes Segoya. Moira would be there with her Greenpeace badge on her little evil blazer lapel. Yeah. And I'd like to think Sequoia would walk past and would be like, Hey, you're uh, Moira from work, right? You slapped my fiancé with a zombie hand. <laughs> All of this dead come back to life. It's crazy. And she'd be like, yeah, yeah, that, that, was, that was me. I've been cleaning the seas, helping Greenpeace saving the planet how have you been <laughs> i feel like it'd be really awkward casual talk you know turns out that actually the things that they really care about is the same thing like you know he makes same granola but he cares about world issues he cares about the planet they realize that they have a lot in common right yeah they have like a nice day and then at the end of it because we're sort of like building up to the the finale 
if we can sort of see on the last day of her having her powers that he says, look, it's my wedding tomorrow. Why don't you come? Yeah. And she accepts and goes. You know, it sets up the finale of the wedding, right? Yeah. So I think that's enough for the, the getting it together. Is there anything else you want to do in this this part? No, no, I'm happy with that. Uh, do you want to hear what the AI had for their getting it together? Yeah, please. The evil overlord and his sidekick eventually come to realize that they need to change their ways in order to win the woman's love. They decide to use their evil powers for good instead of evil. That's quite eerie. We've accidentally done exactly the same <laughs> as the AI did in Act 5. We have. Maybe there's only so much you can do with an evil overlord romantic comedy. They have to overcome their evil ways. Yeah, they have their sidekick. I do have my minions. Do we have a hero minion? A hero zombie? Maybe has a name? Bobsworth. Bobsworth the zombie. Yeah. So well, let's see if Bobsworth gets involved in this section, which is the finale. Finale. This is the wedding of Segoira and Zoira. And accepting the invitation and uh, rocking up with Bobworth as her plus one is Moira. Moira shows up driven in her hearse with Bobsworth. She is dressed in... It's a dress that's made from recycled plastic. Right. It's a bit loud and clunky, but it's surprisingly flattering. Mm -hmm. Her zombie team now have a fashion design company mm -hmm. which makes recycled clothing. So she turns up the church. What kind of place is not a church? I think that might be a bit triggering for Bobsworth. They've been cleaning up the beachfront. Maybe it's an outside beachfront wedding. Yeah, that sounds good. They turn up to the sand. <laughs> yes, usually you have sand on a beach. They might have it on the pier. They could have it on the end of a pier. They walk the many steps to the end of the pier and they see people from work because people from work would probably be there supporting Sequoia. Yeah, the bride side of the church is suspiciously empty. Yep. There were a few people there, but you look at them closely, they're all kind of like spectral angelic projections. Some of them with like ethereal wings. Big hats badly trying to hold their halos. Yeah, exactly. One of them is wearing an afro with the halo just sort of poking through the top. <laughs> yeah. All, all shiny. Everyone's glowing on that side. Yeah. And it's like really blinding. Moira goes and sits on the groom's side. At the back, doesn't really want anyone to really see Bobsworth. <laughs> no. The arm keeps dropping off. He's the zombie that opened the door for her and his arm keeps detaching. Yeah. It's the ceremony. She's at the back and the minister at the front says, uh, if anybody has any just impediment, speak now or forever hold your peace. She didn't have the courage to go up and speak to Sequoia before, but this is her last chance. So maybe we set the ticking clock as like when the sun sets on the last day of June, then I get the city. Moira stands up and says, Sequoia, I have always loved you. I've loved you from a distance. I got into this crazy thing where I had these powers over zombies. Zoira there has angelic powers and we were having this fight for the city over you, for your love. And I didn't want to, to do that. I hadn't done the work on myself and I would have loved something to happen, but I didn't think it was fair. I've said that 
I've made the choice and, you know, do with it as you want to. And as you're saying it, the sun goes down and the sun sets. And Zoya goes, it's too late. It's the end of the day. He's not in love with either of us. So what that means is that now we have to fight for the city. I like that. Her angelic horde takes off their disguises and they've already their swords and whatever else that they have at Moira. And now we have a battle. The Afro wig comes off. He burns through. There's still basically half of an Afro wig left underneath. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be an epic... I mean, epic... It's, it's the finale, right? Yeah. It's the confrontation. Yeah, that'd be an epic ending. It'd be an unexpected twist, wouldn't it? And I like those twists and tricks and switcheroos. She doesn't want to play by the rules anymore. And so now we have all-out war. There's the battle between the angelic forces... And then the undead forces. You've got dead ocean-dwelling creatures. You've got the humpback whale from earlier yep. makes a reappearance. Yep, the humpback whale's back. It's been living its best life back in the ocean. Or best undead life <laughs> back in the ocean. Um, and that's come back to help along with its uh, little undead friends it met in the uh, the Natural History Museum. So that is actually being the MVP of this battle. My, my thought is that at this point, they're deadlocked. Nothing really sort of seems to be working. But she sees that Sagoya is looking at Zoira in disgust, that, you know, realises that she just used him, that she was entirely false with him the entire time, runs back over to Moira. Moira, from her backpack that she still had with her, takes out her laptop from the beginning. We see her going back into her laptop and isolating the bug that gave her her powers in the first place. So she goes to Segoya and she says, quick, log into your game. Mm. He logs into the game and then suddenly blue light comes around and turns him into a pirate. He uses his powers to call the Kraken from the bottom of the ocean. Oh, Huge um... tentacles come round, grab Zoira, grab all of the angelic forces, grab the pier and pull everything down into the dark depths of the ocean and they're all submerged until at the end him as a pirate her just as normal come up on the back of a dolphin and ride to the beach and then kiss <laughs> passionately kiss yeah exactly <laughs> poisson lately kiss <laughs> Oh, I love it. Okay, so that's our finale. Do you want to hear what the AI had for a finale? Yes, please. The evil overlord and his sidekick return to the party, where they are greeted by the woman. The evil overlord apologizes for his previous behavior, and the woman forgives him. The evil overlord and the woman fall in love, and they live happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes back to the party and says sorry. And that's it. That's the big finale. I don't think they had Kraken coming from beneath and angelic hordes fighting, you know, an undead horde. I mean, I, I think maybe we pit them with the finale, Mello. I was hoping that I might try at least attempt to do better than the AI. That, that was my goal. I didn't want to, you know, disappoint you after all. Who knows? They might bring it all out in the final section, which is the final image. Final image. What is the final image? of our evil, evil overlord and her new paramour. 
I like the idea of Moira being on the bus, but with Sugoya next to her. Yep. And they're both going to the office. Do we zoom out of the bus? And then the last image is just Bobsworth is at the front driving the bus. Oh, yes. Bobsworth, the bus driver. <laughs> and then we sort of see a little purple sparkle around her fingers. She clicks her fingers and then the screen goes to black. I feel like it's just got to be simple. Simplicity. Do we want a post-credit sequence where we see sequel bait? Oh yeah, because you don't know what happened to Zoira. She can come back because we've also got Segoira as well, right? And he's got his pirate power. Maybe we have a post-credit shot, which is the beach. And then suddenly up on the beach, there comes up a huge tentacle of the Kraken. And then the beach recedes, the Kraken limb goes back a little bit. And then revealed is the, the unconscious form of Zoira. And the camera pans in and we pan in on her face. And we just see one eye open and she starts to scream. And then we cut to black. That's a strong new credit sequence. All right. Do you want to hear what the final image for the AI was? Yeah. The final image of the movie is of the evil overlord and the woman riding off into the sunset on the humpback whale. <laughs> so it's not a miniature one then. <laughs> it's either both of them on a very tiny humpback whale or both of them on a normal-sized humpback whale with an enormous city-sized bus in the background. <laughs> I, I like it how they just refer to the person as the woman. I would venture that the woman might be a little bit better than Moira Magoira. <gasps> oh, shocker. Nothing wrong with that <laughs> name. That is a classic human name. <laughs> All that we've got left is the title of the tagline. But do you want to hear what the AI had for their title and tagline for this movie? Okay. You don't sound sure. I can't even imagine what they've come up with unless it's something like The Whale and the Woman. <laughs> Just... All right. So the title is... The Evil Overlord's Guide to Dating. Right. And the tagline is... An evil overlord learns the hard way that love is not always easy. Wow. I have to say I like the title better than the tagline. The title seems interesting. The tagline is basically a sentence with words in it. The title makes the film sound like it's going to be good. Yeah. I guess the guide to dating is if you try to win somebody over with evil powers and then plot to destroy her, just saying sorry is enough. That's the guide. It's all you need to know about women. <laughs> Are you ready to come up with a title for your movie? Uh, I like Undead Against. Better than Undead Drop Gorgeous. Yeah. And like the tagline could be, she's undead, but that doesn't mean she's willing to give up on dating. Yeah, I like it because it's cheesy, you know? It's, it, that, that's a really 90s cheesy sort of romantic comedy teen movie. Quite weird science, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's The Evil Overlord's Guide to Dating versus Undead Against. That's it. So thank you very much. Um, if you want people to follow you on social media or you want to tell them about games you're working on or anything, this is the point to do it. I do have a TikTok, which I unbox small children's toys on. So that's the Frandroid is the user ID for that. The products that I'm currently working on at the moment, there's a game called Crime Boss, Rockacity. Uh, feel free to um, check it out. It's basically a first person shooter organized crime game. 
It's got lots of uh, celebrities in it from the 90s, if you uh, were into those sort of... Um... Yeah, you had to do Michael Madsen's makeup, didn't you? <laughs> I did have to do Michael Madsen's makeup. Yeah, that was an experience. He's, he seems like a very nice man while I was there sort of powdering his forehead. It's 505 Games you work for, so you're not the only person doing community management there but if you check out 505 games chances are you'll see something yeah. that's got your thumbprints on it yeah absolutely brand will also be at the comedy cat every saturday with me if you want to come say hello to both of us and watch some uh, comedians the uh, link is in the description all right uh, that's it bye, bye.